0: Good News Church, we're based here in St. Augustine, Florida, the nation's oldest city. and Our purpose is to make disciples together, and we really feel like we can do that here locally, but we can also do that in helping fulfill the Great Commission and making disciples of the nations. So we do that through starting churches.
1: I
2: appreciate the commitment that this church has to recognizing um, that we need to be a part of the greater movement of God, not just in St. Augustine,
1: but but across the globe. Well, we love to uh, plant churches that preach the gospel to lost people and found people. It's hard to find churches that do that. Churches either preach the gospel to lost people or found people, but we think they're both important. We believe the gospel that saves us is also the gospel that transforms us. So we love to partner with gospel preaching, gospel-centered churches because Everybody needs the gospel, especially me.
0: Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And so that's exciting that this is Jesus' mission. He tells us and allows us to be a part of his mission. He says, go and make disciples of the nations. And so despite the obstacles and the difficulties of raising money, gathering people, finding a place to meet, Uh, The Gospel is moving forward and there's no stopping it and it's exciting to be a part of something so big like that.
1: We have an amazing opportunity as a Global Outreach team. First we have a great leader, Travis, he does a great job and what we do is we get proposals from all over the world, from our church planting partners, from the movement leaders. We look at those and see which ones fit in our box of being national-led, reproducing, self-supporting, gospel-preaching churches. So we look at the ones and see which ones would best fit our model. And then we vote to support them, we pray for them, and love to stay in touch with them.
2: We maintain our relationship with our global partners. They send us monthly updates. They keep us aware of any new opportunities that we can support additional church plants. It's just amazing to see the fruit that has come
1: out of that. To see the Holy Spirit moving through Athens in these very unique and interesting ways, you can see where these certain areas are actually being transformed by the power of the gospel. So that is a really important part of of global outreach is making sure that the churches that we're planted with are like-minded in this area of disciple making and building relationships through biblical community.
0: Hello, my name is Pastor Leo, I'm from Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. I am a senior pastor at Gavia Presbyterian Church. We have already planted uh, three new churches in Brazil, and I would like to say thank you good news, because uh, we can see lives, families, and our city transforming through the power of gospel. prayer is such a vital vital part of this we we can't do anything you know in our own strength but it's a work truly a work of the spirit working in people's hearts and minds for any of this to happen and so i invite people to pray uh, that's something very practical we can do is pray for our movement leaders pray for the cities and countries that we're working in to a partner financially through giving sacrificially through tithes and offerings and also there's opportunities to go and see you know there's movement leaders in lots of places around the world i'd love to show you and see firsthand what god's doing in these different places so there's lots of ways to get engaged uh thankful for everyone who who the people who do pray and give and go and uh just thankful for the people of good news church who are making this happen Thank you Good News Church. You're making a difference around the world. You need to know that. So you're making it happen. It's awesome. My name is Travis. So glad to be with you this morning. And uh, today's a special day. We have a guest speaker all the way from Kazakhstan. So I'm super excited about that. But I wanted to welcome you, whether you're watching online or here in person, welcome. You can fill out one of the connecting cards on the seat back in front of you. And if you're looking to get connected with other believers or join a small group or learn more about Good News Church, we have a class at 9 o'clock every Sunday, Discover Good News. So feel free to jump in with us uh, any week uh, to that. Great picture there. Um, also, we have a kids' event coming up, uh, Shine the Light. Be the Light, sorry. Be the Light on October 31st, a fun opportunity to dress up and be silly and invite your friends to come to church. So leaders and kids, definitely participate in that coming up on the 31st. I did want to pause uh, for a moment and recognize one of our members who passed on, uh, who's now in heaven, uh, Kay Anderson. So it's always interesting, you know, when one of, one of our family members here uh, passes away and we just want to honor her and we're really envious in some ways because she's home. She's home in the presence of God as it should be, as we will be one day. So the service is coming up on November 2nd. Uh, so please uh, pray for her husband as he grieves. And we just wanted to recognize that. So we have these cards that we make, these little prayer cards, and they have pictures on them. So one of the guys on this, this you know, picture here, he's here with us. His name's Armand. And so I'm going to invite him to come on up. He is a pastor of a local church uh, for 10 years. Uh, He was with Campus Crusade, now called Crew, for 10 years prior to that. He and his wife, Marina, and their three kids have been hanging out in St. Augustine for a few days, so we've had fun going to the fort and the alligator farm, and they describe St. Augustine as paradise. So they're in a landlocked country, so to be near the beach has been a great blessing for them, and so let's give a warm Good News welcome to Pastor Armand. (laughs)
2: Thank you, Travis. Thank you for the introduction. It's been a joy and privilege and honor to be uh, with you guys. Uh, Thank you so much for partnership with us, for partnering uh, with um, reaching, reaching out Kazakhs and Central Asians and Muslims in our part of the world for Christ. Thank you so much. There is a phrase in my favorite movie, I'll quote that phrase, and I I'll, I'll want to see if you would recognize it uh, even from, from the beginning. My mom always said, life is like a box of chocolates. <laughs> You'll never know what you're going to get. Yes, of course, I'm talking about the Forrest Gump movie that uh, won six Oscars back in '95, I think, something like this. Two years ago, I and my wife, Marina, We were here in St. Augustine for the first time in our life and we had no clue that in two years we will visit your wonderful church and be with with you, brothers and sisters. God is so good and the piece of chocolate that He prepared for us is absolutely awesome and so sweet. Uh, As Travis mentioned, we we like St. Augustine and think it's it's a paradise. You guys in, in, lives in paradise. It's uh, it's uh, snow and very cold in Kazakhstan right now. Uh, today I brought an apple. Apple, good apple, good sized apple. Uh, but I'm not talk. Uh, I'm not gonna talk about the original scene. Neither I'm gonna talk about Steve Jobs and his fancy electronic company. Um, I, I'd like to uh, share about the city that I am from. We are from. The city's name is Almaty and it's a former capital of Kazakhstan. Almaty means father of apples. That is the meaning of the name of the city. Uh, it's a former capital and one of the biggest city in Central Asia with a population of two and a half million people. Almaty is located on the southeast edge of Kazakhstan. Shan Mountains uh, or heavenly mountains, from Chinese language, are surrounding Almaty from the south side. And the highest peak, the victory peak, or peak peak of the victory, is about 24,406 feet, or 7,400 meters. Almaty lays on the height of 800 meters, or 2624 feet over sea level. The city received such a name, the father of apples, uh, due to the fact that the huge areas uh, of apple orchards are located at, in the foothills of Shan Mountains. So we have lots of apples. Kazakhstan is a country in Central Asia. We can go to the next slide, thank you. Uh, It's a big country uh, and the land area is about 2,725,000 square kilometers or over one million of square miles. It has borders with Russia in north, with China in east, uh, and uh, Kyrgyzstan, Uzbekistan and Turkmenistan, uh, other countries in the south, lots of them. And Afghanistan is not that far from us, so if it's only two hours of flight to, to Kabul, I think, or uh, Mazar-i-Sharif, uh, the capital is Nur-Sultan, formerly known as Astana, moved from Almaty, the city we're from, in '97. Kazakhstan is the largest country, uh, is the largest la- uh, landlocked country in the world. Here we have Atlantic Ocean, Mexican Gulf uh, of uh, uh, the Western side of Florida. But in Kazakhstan we have no we have no oceans at all. <laughs> to, uh, we only uh, learn about oceans through the geographical maps and um, and national geographic TV show. <laughs> uh, Kazakhstan is pretty big country. It's the ninth largest country in the world. By territory wise though. Uh, the territory is huge, and, but population isn't that big. The, the whole population of Kazakhstan almost equal to the population of one city of Istanbul. So population of Kazakhstan is 18.8 million of people, and Istanbul is about 17 17 million people. So that makes uh, Kazakhstan be one of the lowest population densities in the world. Fewer than six people per square kilometers, or 15 people per square miles. That's not many people you'll see on on one square mile. So please come, there's lots of land. Uh, (laughs) uh, It will fit for everyone. And you might have a question in your head, where on the world map Kazakhstan is? So you can see on that slide that Kazakhstan is right in the center of Eurasian continent. So Kazakhstan, as I mentioned, very large country. And if I want to go from south point, the most southern point, to the most northern point, it will take me two and a half days on the train. So, lots of land. Uh, due to the size of this country, we have uh, different natural and climate zones. And as a result, all seasons of the year are presented, in, uh, pronounced in Kazakhstan. As I mentioned, there is a snow right now there, and uh, we are uh, so lucky to be here. <laughs> uh, we don't need to wear jackets and hats. Um, it's, it's so cool to be here. Um, I, um, I am often asked the question, uh, guys, what kind of uh, clothes do you wear there in Kazakhstan? In the top two photos, you could see uh, traditional national clothing uh, that Kazakhs wore probably hundreds, 200 years ago, uh, 100 hundred and two hundred 200 years ago. I don't know. Uh, no one dresses like that. Uh, um, people, people. Even though it's beautiful, you know, colorful, uh, people would like to dress like Levi Strauss jeans and. Uh, Leather jackets from uh, Giorgio Armani. Uh, Ar- Armani was my nickname in the school, so <laughs> But let's go back to Almaty. Uh, here on the photo, uh, you can see the Russian Orthodox uh, church, uh, the building of the Russian Orthodox Church, Holy Ascension Cathedral. Uh, the photo was taken in '93. Uh, and exact this year, year of '93, that is when God brought a couple faithful families to Almaty, Kazakhstan. They came with Evangelical Presbyterian Church, EPC, uh, from United States. Uh, uh, Mostly they came from the state of Texas, and one family is from Indiana. Um, So uh, those families helped us uh, to plant the church, first uh, church in Almaty. so we keep, keep in touch with these people, uh, we like them, we love them, we write them and emails, sometimes we, uh, we see them. Uh, on this trip, I and my wife, my, our family, we visited two uh, families out of those four families. And as it says in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 2, And what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also so these people pass the baton uh, pass the gospel and responsibility for the church to these people on the next slide those are pretty current photos of pastors and elders of churches of our presbytery there are eight churches in our presbytery Uh, we planted a couple of churches then uh, we planted four churches and other four Uh, joined our Presbytery. So, the name of our Presbytery is Presbyterian uh, Reformed Church of Kazakhstan. But uh, two churches outside of Kazakhstan join us and uh, we uh, know more just Kazakhstan Church. But we do believe there is no boundaries for the church. There is no borders for the church. Uh, There is no languages for the church because uh, God is our Father. He is a Uh, given son to us and we all the body of the same same uh, christ of body of christ the holy church so uh, this uh, the next slide shows the photos uh, of our uh, fellowships of our churches Uh, as, as i mentioned there are six churches in kazakhstan and two churches outside of kazakhstan According to the official sources, 72% of the population practices Islam. They are Muslims. But we do believe that uh, 50% of the population of Kazakhstan are nominal. They don't believe anyone and uh, except themselves. They believe in them, <laughs> themselves. And um, they would say, Yes, I am Muslim just because I am Kazakh. That's how I thought. Or I am Christian because I am Russian. But we do believe that uh, your ethnicity isn't equal to your uh, view of God and uh, your truly uh, beliefs of your heart. So, uh, but we we are sure 35% are practicing Islam because uh, mosques are growing. Those three mosques are the biggest mosques that were built within the last 10 years in Kazakhstan and they are huge and uh, during Friday when I drive uh, it's so packed and sometimes I'm just avoiding that part of the city because there's no way uh, to, to, to drive through this part of town. Uh, about 10% of Kaz- Kazakhstan citizens are Russians, so they practice uh, Russian Orthodox Christianity. They worship Mother Mary and icons. Uh, However, they uh, accept the Trinity, which is important. So there is common ground for for us to share the gospel. And we do believe that less than 1% are evangelical Christians. uh, Those who truly follow Christ and truly practice their faith. According to Open Doors World Watch List 2021, Kazakhstan is country number 40 of the top 50 countries with a high persecution level of the church. There are four Central Asian countries in that list, World Watch list. So as you can see on this slide, uh, the church in Kazakhstan is uh, is in between the two main uh, persecution engines or sources. One is growing radical Islam, and from the other side is... uh, Soviet paranoia, I mean, dictatorship type of thinking, uh, the desire to control everything and all that crazy stuff uh, that was, uh, that's collapsed back in 90s. But people obviously still, still alive and they want uh, us to, to go back to that crazy Soviet time. Praise the Lord, uh, uh, the church is surviving. I think persecution it's a normal condition for the church since the very first day of the church. We know that the church was under persecution and uh, we see how persecution uh, filters uh, and shows us what's real and what is fake and uh, we we are not complaining we like to be where we are at and um, but uh, we, we, we need prayer from, from all around the world. And thank you so much for praying for us um, constantly. Recently, with the help of your church, we have started planting a church in the capital of Kazakhstan, Astana, or now it's Nur-Sultan. So um, Astana means capital. <laughs> so it's funny. Uh, our, our currency in Kazakhstan is Tenge, and Tenge means money. So when people are asking me what kind of money do you have in your country, I'm saying, money. <laughs> uh, wh- wh- what's your capital? Capital. So, um, so that's funny. Uh, but that's how it is. <laughs> uh, so anyhow, uh, student fellowship in Astana that runs by our uh, friends, sweet family of Duman and Tanya, Kusayn Bekov. You could see them uh, w- with uh, your partnership and help. We are supporting them, and we are support, supporting that church. But recently, Tanya and Duman expressed their desire to, uh, to work in the, with orphanages uh, because they adopted two kids from the orphanage. Uh, and um, it seems like they will be moving to the south of Kazakhstan. Uh, so we are in the process of the transferring the church to another couple ordained by our presbytery. And on the next slide, you could see that family uh, Almas and Marina Maldebayev. They are our elders, so, and um, we are going to work with them. Uh, besides church in Astana, we are getting ready to launch two new uh, church planting projects: one in Siberia, Russian Siberia, uh, where lots of Asians live, and one in Kosovo. Kosovo is a country in the Eastern Europe. It's a former part of Yugoslavia, and then it's a former part of Serbia, one of the Yugoslavian countries. And 75% of... Ko- Kosovo is not recognized by many countries because it, they still believe it's Serbia. But obviously, there is a big division in between Kosovo and Ser- Serbia. So 75% of Kosovars, that's the name of the people that lives there, uh, they are Muslims, they're ethnically Albanians, and uh, they, they practice Islam. So it's good for us to come from Kazakhstan from the Muslim background and share the gospel with them so they would, uh, they would hear that Christ Jesus is not only for Russians or for Americans or for European nations. It's also He came also for, to save those who are lost. So, uh, we are talking right now about the summer project in Prizren, Kosovo, uh, the city uh, that we have connection with. And it looks like leaders, pastors, and elders from our presbytery will have the opportunity to visit that, uh, the church in Kosovo. Uh, in, in Kosovo. Less than 100 Christians live in Kosovo, less than 100 Christians. So um, we think that first will be a small group, three, four people, and in the future, possibly in July of 2022, uh, we will organize a small team, 10 to 15 people uh, from our churches, and we will try to visit this country in order to reach out people for Christ and do summer project. And I invite you to join us uh, prayerfully for this project. so Who knows what God prepares for us. Uh, And until the whole world knows, uh, as Apostle Paul says in the book of Romans, as I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall confess to God. I think this is the motto for our uh, church planting project right now. So we would like to see uh, that day when every knee will bow down and every tongue will confess that He is Lord of Lords and King of Kings and that Christ is the only way to our God. Did you know that the God's global mission, uh, what many Christians have traditionally called the Great Commission, is in reality a fulfillment of His promise To the Patriarch Abraham. God's sovereign plan inextricably links the Old and the New Testament. His promise to Abraham forms the basis of Jesus' command. Make disciples of all nations and looks forward to the ultimate fulfillment of both the promise and the command as pictured in John's vision in Revelation. To see the connection, let's look to the three biblical pictures of it. And the first picture is Abraham's promise. Would you please open the Bible, Genesis chapter 12, first three verses with me. Please open your Bible. And if you don't have a Bible, you can read on that, uh, on that screen. Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. 3. We know that promise that God gave to Abraham. And God's promise to Abraham was an advance announcement of the gospel. This is unbelievable. As the Apostle Paul later wrote in the uh, epistle to Galatians, chapter 3, verse 8, Apostle Paul says, And the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles' by faith preached the gospel beforehand to abraham saying in you shall all the nation be blessed and what does this advance announcement tell us about god's plan for the redemption of humanity first it tells us that his plan would be worked out through abraham's family through his name through his legacy Secondly, we are assured that the promise is primarily one of the blessing, a gracious gift. Third, we are given a vision of the promised blessing extending to all peoples on earth. Let's go to the second picture, second biblical picture, which is Christ's command. Gospel of Matthew chapter 28 verses 18 through 20 very famous passage we call it great commission and jesus came and said to them all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me go therefore and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit teaching them to observe all that i have commanded you and behold I am with you always to the end of the age. When Jesus gave this command, He was restating and clarifying the global mission that God announced in Genesis. The blessing of the gospel was to be fulfilled by making faithful, obedient, disciples of Jesus. The term all peoples from Genesis chapter 12, verse 3, is clarified here to mean all nations, all people, all nations, from the Greek word ethnos. The word ethnicity comes from this word, ethnos. As the messianic descendant of Abraham, Jesus was personally fulfilling the Abrahamic promise through his death and resurrection and the sending of the Holy Spirit to empower his followers. Let's go to the picture number three, which is John's vision. Revelation chapter 7, verses 9 through 10. After this I looked and behold a great multitude that no one could number from every nation, from all tribes, and, all pe- and peoples and languages standing before the throne and before the lamp, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. Just try to imagine this picture. Just try to think of this universal picture. Just try to portray it. This passage. God has clearly and dramatically revealed the breadth and depth of His promise to Abraham and of Christ's command. Every nation, every ethnicity, every tribe, every people group, and every language is represented. No one is missing no one it is enough to take a breath away it is more than enough to bring tears of joy into our eyes god gave the apostle john a front row seat to witness the fulfillment of a promise and a command that were uttered thousands of years ago how did that great multitude get there certainly through the faithfulness of countless missionaries throughout the history of the church. Certainly through the evangelists and preachers of the gospel throughout the history of the church. Certainly through those who are praying and supporting the global church planting. But this is God's plan. And one last thing. The great gathering of people in white robes is so large that no one can count. The number of the redeemed, the number of the saved, the number of the holy church. This should fill us with both awe and humility. All because ultimately this is God's doing, this is God's plan humility because we have been given an opportunity to participate in the global plan of god let's pray together heavenly father we thank you for the substitutionary atonement that you have given us in your son christ jesus our lord jesus we thank you for the wonderful substitutionary sacrifice through which you gave us your righteousness Dear God, we thank you for the wonderful plan for the restoration and salvation of mankind. We thank you for delivering us from the payment for our sins and drawing us into your wonderful redemption plan through the promise long ago given to Abraham and through the great commissions of Christ. We look forward to that day when every knee will bow down before you and every tongue will confess that you are Lord of the Lords king of kings of the universe god father god son god holy spirit in your name jesus our lord and our savior we pray amen